Good afternoon. Glad to have you joining me. I'm a minute or two late. Sorry about that, but you know how things go some days and that's all right. Glad that you're able to be with me. If you're watching live, then super. Glad to have you. Hope you haven't given up on me. And if you're not watching live but watching later, then that's good too. We're at uh, westerwin.com, Irwin with an E, on our website. If you want to go there and then click on the uh, uh, little connect tab at the top, find the live streaming page. Uh, go down a little bit on it to where it says view archives and and you'll find some of these older uh, lessons on there. I'm glad to see my dear friends uh, Eric and Cindy Mosley chiming in. Glad that you hung out uh, and waited a minute or two for me. Uh, it's uh, going to be a great lesson today. I mean, we also have those lessons on our Facebook pages, our church Facebook pages, West Irwin Church of Christ and West Irwin Live. You can also watch them there. I post them and share them there after uh, I'm done here and we uh, move on from there. So uh, lots, to, uh, lots of opportunities there. Glad to appreciate everyone uh, uh, sharing these or, or watching these. I get a lot of views every, every time. And I appreciate that, appreciate the encouragement that I get from uh, the folks that chime in and say hello, but I know that there's a lot of folks that uh, uh, just view it and that's good too. Uh, glad to have you. On uh, Tuesdays, we're looking at a book uh, by Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest. It's a book about, um, well, it's, it's, a, it's a daily devotional book, so there's a reading for every day. And uh, I love his thoughts. I don't always agree with him, but I love his thoughts. And uh, he's very challenging. Very, It's pretty much of a deep read. But the good news is, since it's a daily devotional book, they're short. And so I try to share a, a bit from the previous week's reading. And today, looking at um, a couple of days ago, uh, a few days ago, a couple of days that center from uh, Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verses 5 and 6. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. It's just a great, great passage. It's a reminder to us that God is always with us and that Jesus is always with us. The Holy Spirit is always with us. And it's a great opportunity for us to be reminded that um, uh, that whatever happens in our lives, that he is there and he'll he'll see us through. He may not save us from it. And this coming Thursday, we're going to look at Psalm 69, Psalm 69 where the psalmist really cries out to God for help and healing and pleads with him to, uh, to, to bring that help and deliverance, but uh, also uh, ends the psalm with praise to God, even before, I think, that deliverance comes. So <clears throat> that'll be a great study on Thursday afternoon. This one from Hebrews 13 uh, reminds us of that, great, uh, of that great promise. And he begins this reading um, with uh, a question, what line of thinking do my thoughts take? I like that, don't you? What line of thinking do my thoughts take? What do I think about? Uh, as I center my thoughts on the current situation, the things I'm going through, uh, the difficulties in our world today, uh, boy, there's a, there's a lot of concern out there, and I think we should not deny that concern, and we should try to to help and to make things better however we can. 
Um, but if our thoughts are simply on the circumstances, on the dangers, on the, the difficulties, then we will live a not just a paranoid life, uh, but a, but a, a life of fear. And that's what this song, this uh, passage in Hebrews 13 uh, tells us we don't have to do that. A little bit about the book of Hebrews. We don't know who wrote it, what person wrote it. Some say Paul, I don't think so. Uh, some say someone else like Apollos or someone. We really don't know. And um, that's been one of the great mysteries of the last 2,000 years or so. Who wrote the book of Hebrews? A lot of people chime in on that. Um, but we do know, as just like with the Psalms, uh, you know about uh, what the book is about based on the content. And the content of the book of Hebrews, it, I, I have preached through Hebrews before and may do some Facebook lessons on Hebrews uh, sometime in the future, but I do believe that it is a, a great statement that says Jesus is better. Uh, Jesus is better than the angels. First of all, Jesus is better than Moses. Uh, in the new covenant, the new covenant is better. It has better promises. It has a better high priest. Uh, and all of the things throughout uh, the book of Hebrews, centering in those chapters right around chapter 9, 10, uh, 8, 9, and 10, basically saying um, the, the, the sacrifice is better in the new covenant, and that's Jesus Christ himself. And it's a, it's a real long plea, although he calls it a word of exhortation. <laughs> in chapter 13, the writer of Hebrews says, I'm glad that you were able to bear with my word of exhortation. Just a short little word of exhortation and 13 chapters makes me feel a lot better about my sermons. Uh, but the, 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 basically, it was an exhortation, and it was an exhortation to primarily, I think, Christians from a Jewish background. There's a lot about uh, contrasting the uh, Old Covenant and the Law of Moses with the New Covenant and the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. And so I think it's, it's really uh, a message to people who were Jews and Christians and, and during the first century, during those decades when it was uh, a very difficult thing to be a Christian and they were being persecuted, some had even given their lives uh, for the cause some of their loved ones had. And the writer of Hebrews just exhorts them, don't give up, don't give up Christian your Christian faith simply because you're being persecuted. And, and he kind of acknowledges, hey, I realize that your life was a whole lot simpler and easier and safer before you turned to Christ. And now the Jews are after you. Of course, the, the secular Romans were after the Christians. And uh, Nero, uh, as best we can tell from history, blamed uh, the Christians for his uh, for the fire that took place in Rome, and and so we see a lot of that. And so we we ask ourselves, well, what line of thinking do my thoughts take? And and that was a very important question for the people who received this letter. They were suffering horribly, much worse than we. Uh, have ever experienced, especially here in this country in the United States. And and yet we understand that there are still difficulties that we face and there are even greater difficulties that Christians face around the world today. So, so in the midst of all of that, you hear this statement in Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6 as he's beginning to close out this letter. 
For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can mere mortals do to me? Uh, I will never leave you, not for any reason. Jesus says, not because of our sin, not because of our selfishness, our stubbornness, even our waywardness. Now, I do believe that we can give up our faith. And if that's the case, Jesus will let us. I may differ with uh, Oswald Chambers in some of these areas, him being a, more of a Reformed theologian. And I do believe that there is great assurance in salvation, but I think the reason why the writer of Hebrews is writing that letter is because it's possible for Christians to turn away from their faith. Uh, some very strong words of warning in the book of Hebrews about that, passages such as Hebrews 6, even Hebrews 10 and uh, Hebrews 12. So we're reminded all those honor roll of faith uh, examples from Hebrews 11 uh, are given there to give us encouragement to not turn away from our faith. But at the same time, even if we struggle, if we're still trying to uh, follow the path of God and we don't want to let him go, uh, then he's going to hold on to us. I've been, I started a brand new series from the book of Job this past Sunday, and if you weren't able to uh, be here on Sunday, then go to our website, westerwin.com, and uh, go to that uh, live streaming page and find the video archives and, and look at that sermon uh, from this past Sunday, because uh, it's less than 30 minutes long. I think it's like 28 minutes long. But um, it's, it's the beginning of this series. Uh, can uh, God be trusted um, even when we can't understand what in the world he's doing? Uh, will we trust God even when we don't get him? That's the question. And I think that's the question of the book of Job. And Job really struggled. And he asked some very, very strong questions. This coming Sunday morning, our, our lesson will be from Job 3, where Job just lashes out. And uh, it, it's a, a chapter where he is venting the whole time, you know, saying things like, I wish I'd never been born. I cursed the man who, you know, went to my dad and said, hey, congratulations, it's a boy. Those kinds of things. I wish I'd been stillborn. I, you know, he, he longed throughout the book of Job in his speeches, he longed for God to, to close the deal and take his life because God obviously had it in to, for him about something and Job just didn't know what that was. And so he, he is very open and honest about that. The Psalms, including the one we'll look at Thursday, very, very openly, honestly sharing uh, about their suffering and calling on God to act and wondering how long it's going to take for him, that haunting question in, in Psalm 13 and other places, how long, oh Lord, will you, will you not act? Will you cause me to suffer? Um, and so this passage reminds us that uh, God knows our suffering and he sees that and he's not going to leave us even in the midst of that. He may not save us from it, but he's not going to leave us, which means he'll be there with us. Jesus in the Great Commission at the end of Matthew in Matthew 28, remember when he says, um, uh, go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and I am with you always to the very end of the age. Well, those first two verses would be hard to take except for that last one where Jesus says, and I will always be with you. 
Uh, that's what he says here. He guarantees his presence even after uh, he ascended. He told his disciples, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I am going to leave the Comforter, the Advocate, that Holy Spirit who will continue my presence with you. Uh, great, great statements there in those chapters of John, uh, starting in chapter 13, going through his prayer even in John 17. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Um, we understand that even in the everyday activities of life, that God is present. And we find great comfort there. And uh, maybe he'll do some exceptional thing, some grandiose thing through us, but uh, maybe not. Maybe it will just be help us, helping us be his presence in his world and perhaps being an encouragement for some. I had a few folks say after the sermon, uh, after services this past Sunday, about that, that sermon that you really were speaking to me. And I really needed to, to be reminded that we serve God because he is worthy, uh, not because he answers every prayer of ours with a yes, because we know that he doesn't. But that doesn't mean that he's not with us and he's not present with us. He's promised, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So as we grow in God's grace, uh, we find that he is glorifying himself right here, right now through our lives. And, uh, and we find that assurance that says he will be with us. And, and so we ask the question, well then, uh, what, can, what can anybody do to me? If Jesus is with me, we have that great assurance. I will never leave you. And then the, song, the writer of Hebrews says, so we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. In other words, I won't be obsessed with apprehension. This doesn't mean that we will not fear sometimes. I think sometimes we doubt. Sometimes we are afraid, and that's okay. Courage doesn't mean that you're not afraid. Courage means that in spite of the fear, you go ahead and act and do the right thing. And I think that's a great illustration of biblical faith as well and biblical courage. Uh, it doesn't mean that in, in those circumstances, the emotion of fear it's hard to control, but what we do uh, acknowledge is that God is with us even during those scary times. And so we will continue to be courageous and do the right thing and say the right things, even if we are not sure how it's all going to end up for us. I think that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did when they were told to fall down and worship that, that giant tower that uh, the king had built. And they said, you know, we're not going to do it. Well, we're going to throw you in the fiery, fiery furnace. And they said, well, our God is able to save us in Daniel chapter 3. But they said, but even if he chooses not to, we are not going to worship this thing that's not God at all. Um, and so they were very brave. They were very courageous. But I'm sure when they were thrown in that furnace, uh, they, they wondered. And they, they didn't know for sure that they would be saved in this life. But they knew that the God they serve. Uh, would take care of them. Well, that's what Jesus promises here. Uh, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so then the writer of Hebrews says, therefore, we say the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Many of the Psalms bring that same thought out as well. Uh, it doesn't mean we won't be uh, uh, have our questions and our doubts just like Job did. Uh, and it doesn't mean, I think anyway, not everybody will agree, but it doesn't mean that we won't experience that emotion of fear. 
but it just says that I will remember God's words of assurance in the midst of that. And, and that will help. And so I will overcome that fear. Um, Chambers says people who don't get that, they forget to take a deep spiritual breath. I love that. When you're in the midst of it, take a deep spiritual breath. Remind yourself of these words from Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Jesus saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And uh, with the those who were suffering greatly uh, in uh, the first century, whose lives were in danger because of their faith, uh, their physical and emotional well-being was absolutely threatened because they would not deny Jesus is Lord. Um, this is a reminder for them. Remember this promise from Jesus, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. The only way to remove the fear from our lives is to listen to God's assurance. He doesn't take everything away that's bad in our lives or that's threatening in our lives or that's even difficult in our lives. But he just gives us that assurance, that blessed assurance we sing about that says uh, he will be with us. What are you afraid of today? What are you fearing? Whatever it may be, you're not a coward about it. <laughs> you're determined to face it, yet you still might have a feeling of fear. And I think that's okay, provided that fear doesn't rule the day. Provided that fear is not what uh, uh, you identify with at your very core. Because at your very core, you should be saying to yourself, there's that promise and assurance from Jesus, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be there for you. I will always be there with you. And so the Lord is my helper. Even at that very moment when you're worried, when you're scared, when you're afraid, when you're doubting, remember that statement from Jesus. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid, even though it's in a bit midst of a very hard hard moment. Uh, it doesn't matter what evil or wrong may be in our way because Jesus himself has said, I will never leave you. I will be there with you. Um, we're frail as humans. You, human frailty is a very real thing. This body is not designed or meant or created to live forever. And it's not created to uh, never have pain or struggle. That's a part of the human existence. We get that. And when we realize, Chambers writes, how feeble we are in facing difficulties, the difficulties become like giants, and we become like grasshoppers. And I think that's true sometimes. Um, I'm sure that's how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego felt looking at that giant towering statue. But they also knew that their God was bigger and greater, and that their God was able to save them, and we worship and serve the same God. Um, remember God's assurance. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so in the midst of whatever difficulty you're going through right now, be able to say with the writer of Hebrews, the Lord is my helper. What will mere mortals do to me? I hope and pray that this has been helpful to you. It's certainly been helpful to me today. And I know that the Lord who promises he will be with us, he will come through on that promise. God bless and I'll see you on Thursday.